Good morning. You can consider that song your cup of coffee. Yeah. If you didn't get caffeine today, you just got it. That was some music from last year with our, our day camp, and we got more coming this year that'll be just as familiar by the end of this week as that is now. So yeah. very, very good stuff. Uh, last weekend, you know, I had like this space moment. It was second service, actually. Emmett, your kid, my grandkid, came up, joined us uh, to do announcements, and he did a fantastic job drooling all over everything. And I, I miss the fact that it was his six-month birthday. I mean, the kid is just, he's plowing along. He's halfway to one. And I kind of laugh watching your life. You know, for a while there, it seemed like every weekend you were going to a wedding. Now every weekend you're going to a one-year-old birthday party. Brian at a one-year-old birthday party. I mean, I, I get the fact that you bring the action and excitement, but you must just love that. Man, they are electric. I, there's nothing I love more than one-year-old birthday parties. And I would love to go to more and more and more. They're, so, they're great, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you <laughs> but get But first, they're fun. First, not, maybe not one-year-old birthday parties, but uh, we took him to his first baseball game yesterday. Went to the south side and sat in 105-degree heat, uh, and the Sox walked it off. But today, he is wearing all Cardinals gear because right now, as of literally two minutes ago, you are now in competition. Have you seen anybody staring at their phones? It's because they're watching the Cardinals and the Cubs play in London. They're playing in London, right? Wow. Literally right now. That's crazy. I won't be watching, though, because the Cardinals are justifiably terrible. So no competition pretty, uh, from the front row. Pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> bad year, huh? Yeah, it, it, so the, fact that, the fact that his first baseball game ever was dressed in black and white instead of the God's, God's colors of red, white, and blue is just beyond disturbing. The bad influences you brought into this family are just incredible. I mean, ay, ay, ay. I'll never forgive I, her for it. <laughs> it's fun stuff. It's fun stuff. So he's, yeah. And then, every week's not going to be an Emmett report, I promise. But the man broke into real food this week. Now, if, if you've seen Emmett. Oh, no, it did not go well. He's sizable. You know, I mean, he's not, he's not tiny. He's, you yeah. look at him, you go, this kid, when he's introduced yeah. to a hamburger, he's going to chow it down, right? He's going to go for it. And uh, how do he do with oatmeal? Goes into his mouth, and he keeps that big, wide-open mouth smile until it falls out. So we've got to figure out how to keep it in. The, the, the chew thing isn't working. Fortunately, Riley figured out, don't put a shirt on him. So the kid's chest is now stained in sweet potato, and it's looking, it's looking really good. But yeah. He, is, he was about as messy this week as the rest of the adults will be as we try and learn motions to our quest songs. Because I'm Crazy. telling you, that is, I, that's the only thing I get nervous for about camp. Is I, I usually try and stain the back. You know, and watch all the kids as they're doing it and mm -hmm. trying to keep it up and everything. So, mm -hmm. and the older you get, the harder it gets. So, I, I'm, but I'm fired up. It's going to be a great week. I, you know what blows me away is a few years later, a song, we'll have a song playing out on the rocks or something. Kids will walk out and they immediately break into the motions like it was yesterday. There's, they've got them. They've yeah. got them down. Yeah. So, uh, let's go to the update because there are a bunch of things there. And the first one is that reminder. In fact, I'll go to the picture just again. Get it in your head. Next weekend, we're outside. Under so the tent. Yeah. we've got the tent, which that'll provide nice cover. We won't be in direct sunlight and all. Uh, and and we've, got, we've got a little fan that we'll, we'll make sure that's blowing on you to keep you nice and cool. But uh, that's next Sunday at 10 o'clock. And for those services, you bring your own seating. And you've mentioned in the past, you might even want to bring along a picnic lunch to have some fun afterward. And well, especially this week, because the kids are all going to be running around doing all kinds of things on the property, and they're going to want to show you what mm -hmm. they did. Even though a lot of it won't be set up anymore, they're going to want to take you and, and show you the paths and show you the, the places that they 
they were throughout the, the week of camp. So uh, make those invites to the families of uh, kids who you know uh, will be at camp this week as well. If they don't attend Southfield or they don't have a church home, invite them for a, a picnic lunch next week after the service and, and let them see the property. Let them see what their kids got to do all week at Quest. Yeah, for some of you that haven't been around, you may not know that from where the oak trees start to the street, uh, we own that much from the oak trees to the back of the property as well. And so we've carved out paths there through the wetland this past week. Gearmans were out doing some setup for, uh, for camp, and they walked away from the golf cart, and when they came back, there were two little fawns just kind of hanging out, thing, you know, waiting to be fed, waiting for food. So always lots of fun nature happening down there. So again, next Sunday, 10 o'clock, really important. If you don't bring a chair, we have a few that we're able to provide. We wouldn't want you to sit in the grass, but uh, we have that. We'll also be going ahead and having some people getting baptized next week. So we provide one of, one of two bodies of water for that. You either get the pool here at church, which, which tends to be cleaner water, or you get the DuPage River and whatever is floating down it. So either of those, uh, actually the river is a, a beautiful, yeah. meaningful place to get baptized. I mean, it just it, for so many people at our church, that is, that's the place that they drove the stake into the ground and said, I follow Jesus and I want everybody to know it. So... Uh, we offer those. That one is next Sunday for the pool and then Labor Day for the river. But as we've said, any time throughout the summer, if, if, there's, if one of those Sundays doesn't work for you, we want you to have that opportunity uh, to express your faith publicly, publicly in that way. Right after church today, uh, Quest, Quest staff, yep, after all the Quest second staff service. luncheon over in the gym. Um, so we actually, in years past, we've done a quick teardown of this room uh, after second service. We're not doing that this year, so we're just heading straight over to the gym and, uh, and having that, that luncheon to get prepped for the week. Yeah, so that, that'll be great to just get us ready for everything that's coming. A couple hundred kids are about to descend on our property, and we're going to have some fun with that. I thank all of you who listened to my request last week for textbooks. Uh, we're, I, I, I have a project I like to do with the kids, and just the, the price of the materials was, was too much this year. It wasn't wasn't worth doing that. So we're kind of doing a modified version, which requires just a good, heavy, thick, preferably hardback textbook. And a and, uh, whole bunch have been provided already. I've at least, I've got enough for Monday and enough for Tuesday, so need to get a few more to get into Wednesday. But nonetheless, I thank you for, for going along with that. And uh, some of you, you won't know what to do without your quantum physics te textbook anymore. I think we have a thermodynamics back there. We have a trigonometry. Uh, it's all kinds of fun. Yeah. And hopefully they won't be studying any of it. No, 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 no. It, no there's, another, there's another breakout, actually. I don't know where uh, she's at and how many she needs. But uh, I know my sister in her breakout, they're doing a minute to win it. And she's been in need of some pop cans, so I've been single-handedly drinking as much Waterloo and uh, Coke Zero Sugar as I possibly can uh, to help out with that. But I know throughout the week she could use some more. So if you have pop cans that are still like not crushed, uh, we could use those. Please, pop cans, pop cans. Yeah, yeah, we'll be, we'll be <laughs> right. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that clarification. That's awesome. All right.
Uh, the other thing that we, we have that, the Quest playlist of the four songs that they'll be learning this week. And I'm glad a, a couple of you let us know the last song, whatever version of, we, of it we picked, about halfway through, it started breaking into like this funky piano music. We don't know what was going on with that. So now all four of those are fixed and you can either watch them or listen to them, continue to get, get to know those. And then the last one, we don't normally read the whole update to you, for, but it was important to hit all of these today. Got a, a grandparents barbecue coming up here. Uh, Tuesday, July 18th from 5 to 7. And it's here at church, I believe, right? Isn't that what we decided? So anyway, you've got that coming up. You can, you can learn more by clicking the link and, and get all the information you need. What's going on in the student world? Students, we are taking a little breather. So there's no Revive, no Refuge this week or next. We'll throw out some summer events through uh, Remind in July, but for now we are just taking a breather because we have a lot of people that are involved in camp, a lot of people are still taking time off to help with Quest, uh, which is going to be a great week. If you are not involved, if you do not have a role this week, then you can spend your entire week, whether it's at home, at work, uh, or whatever you're doing, praying for the week, praying for uh, the kids as, as they learn about the gospel message, learn about it tomorrow, and then learning how to carry, uh, carry it on throughout the rest of the week. So uh, just be praying for changed hearts, changed minds, and for God to be working not just through the lives of the kids, but also for the, through the lives of the leaders and the, the people involved. So. I, I want to reinforce, we, we mean that with absolute sincerity. 100%. I mean, I think sometimes when you, you know, you receive a support letter from someone and they'll say, the most important thing you can do is pray, and then, and then they start getting into the other pieces. And uh, we really mean it. The most important thing we've been doing right now is talking to God. This is truly, it's truly a spiritual battle for the souls of our kids. And, um, and I think that it's, it's a week that, that so much, so much can happen to them and for them that makes an eternal impact. So uh, prayer, prayer is a huge piece of that. I'd like you to go ahead and read a passage. We've, we've been here before, but there are a few things I want to point out today in First Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 12. So if you go ahead and read that for us, I'd appreciate it. <clears throat> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed to you in the last time. In all this, you rejoice greatly, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with the inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that they have now been told, by, told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Mm. 
God, we're grateful for this passage of Scripture, and, and especially as we come to that, the end of that chapter where it says that um, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. We have very vivid images of that right now as we're going through a season with, with so little rain, and we watch our, we watch our grass just turn, turn brown and wonder if it'll ever come back. We watch uh, trees that seem established to start losing their leaves, and before you know it, it seems like they're going to die. Uh, all these things wither and fade, but your word, your word stands eternal. There's nothing in your word that, is, that has changed. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the things you say to us today, you're the same God, same God that spoke to Moses, same God that spoke to Mary. You're the same God. And we, and we come today to hear from you. We come today to have our, to have our hearts and souls refreshed uh, the same way the refreshing rain came last night and brought some, brought some life again to the ground. So... We look to you today to bring that, that freshness, a fresh perspective, a fresh spirit, perhaps there's some even just a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're new to our church, this is your first year around, maybe your second year around, you start to get the impression that June is a pretty intense month at Southfield. There's a lot going on in June. In fact, in some ways, June is more intense for us than Christmas and Easter. It is just kind of a, it's a nonstop race. And it, it starts at the beginning of the month when we take our junior hires and our high schoolers and some of their adult leaders, 140 kids and all the people in all this year, went to a conference retreat center about four hours north here. And, and, we, and we, we practice this rhythm uh, throughout the day of, of work and play worship and teaching, time of learning. This rhythm is just work day after day after day. And we know uh, through years of experience, not only our church, but people who have worked with students, that it's really important to get away from a familiar environment, to get away from the place you always are, go to, go to a place that's unique and special where hopefully those rhythms start to, start to speak and, and a kid starts to think about things that are bigger than just the things that go on every day in their life. Hopefully, in the, in the shift of that rhythm, they start to actually hear the Spirit of God talking to them. We come back from that, and it, and it seems like we take a break, but all we do is take a shift, because in the meantime, there's a whole lot going on getting ready for tomorrow, when a couple hundred kids are going to descend on our property, and they get the chance at a rhythm of their own. Theirs doesn't involve work but it does involve uh, times of listening to teaching, both creatively through a skit as well as through a person presenting uh, the Word of God to them. It involves time with a, a small group leader who's just going to be nurturing and caring for them throughout the whole day, breakouts that give them a variety of experiences that they wouldn't necessarily get every day in life, just all kinds of things happening. And we do this, we do this for a really important reason. These elementary school students, we believe with all our hearts, that an elementary school student, that a junior higher, that a high schooler, they can engage actively in a relationship with God. They can come to know God. And the earlier the better. The earlier the better. They can come to know God. Uh, for me, it was, uh, my goodness, the summer of 1970. It's the first time our, our family had ever been to a church that offered something they called Vacation Bible School. And it was during that week 
every day coming and listening to these lessons, hearing these stories, that, that some things started to click in my mind and I started to realize that a relationship with God wasn't just about trying hard and being as good as I could, but, but that I began to realize that, that, yes, I was sinful and there was nothing I could do about it except ask God, ask God to forgive that sin through what Jesus did for me. And it was later that fall, in October, that all those pieces came together. And, I, and I, I chose in that moment to trust in Christ as the forgiver of my sin and the leader of my life. And i got to tell you, I was seven years old. I remember it clear as day. And it's been an unwavering commitment for me from that day to this day. Seven-year-olds can come to know Jesus. Seven-year-olds can make a meaningful decision about Christ and so why do we do this? We were just talking yesterday as a group, leader, group of leaders. Why do we do this? It all comes down to this, that eternity is at stake for every human being. It's at stake for every human being. And the sooner that we can help a student or a child learn about a relationship with God, the sooner that we can help them take care of the most important decision they will ever, ever make. As I've been thinking about the week and praying about the week, there's, there's a verse that keeps coming to my mind. And, and, you know, in a way, it doesn't fit the context at all. But it just keeps coming to my mind. It, it's found in Hebrews chapter 2. In Hebrews, the writer is, is talking to the people and he's saying, be careful about drifting away. You got this beautiful thing. You got this important thing. You've got salvation. And it's so easy to just start to take it for granted and, and, and drift, it away, drift away from it. And he, and he says, we, we got to be careful not to be, be careful not to neglect our salvation. This, this salvation that is so great. He says, how can we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Salvation is incredibly important for every one of us. And, you know, not only for the person that still needs to become a believer, but for the person who already is, we need to realize that this salvation God has given us is the best gift we ever could have received. And so I thought it was important today, whether you're a person that's going to be working with kids this week, or a person that's going to be praying for the kids and praying for those who are working with those kids, to, to once again just come back and ask that simple question, what makes salvation so great? Why are we doing this in the first place? Why does this really matter so much? And we've been looking through First Peter, and I, and I thought that it was amazing that I looked at Peter how many times he refers to uh, salvation being a great thing, some aspect of salvation being great. In fact, he uses the word great eight times in five chapters. He loves the word great. And a lot of times it has to do with a piece of our salvation. So he, he starts with us by saying that a piece of what makes salvation great is salvation makes mercy available. It's, it's because of salvation, it's because of what Jesus did on the cross that mercy is available to every one of us. Not about you, mercy. Mercy's not a word that I would tend to use outside of a religious context. Maybe you would, but, but, it, but it's, not, it's not a word that I'd use in everyday life. Perhaps if I was being attacked by, by my brother, you know, he's got my arm wrenched up, you know, doing the, say uncle, say uncle, I might cry, mercy, mercy, you know, help me. But, but overall, we don't use that word very much. What's the big deal about mercy? Often when we talk about salvation, we use two words, grace and mercy. And both are vital, but both are very different. Grace 
the acronym for grace, you may be familiar with it, God's Riches at Christ's Expense, G-R-A-C-E, God's Riches at Christ's Expense. Grace is God gives us something we could never earn or deserve. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself to me. I can't earn it. It's grace. It's all of grace. And this is such a hard thing for many people to grasp. They think that they can, if they try hard enough, if they work enough, if they're good enough, they can earn the favor of God. And God says, sorry, there's nothing you can do to earn my favor. I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you freely because of what Jesus has done for you. And so he extends grace to us. But then comes mercy. What's mercy all about? If grace is receiving what I don't deserve, mercy is having withheld from me what I do deserve. What do I deserve? Romans 6.23 tells me that the wages of sin is death. What, what, do I, what do I deserve? I deserve eternal punishment. I deserve separation from God. I, 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 I never say to God, God, give me what I deserve. Never. Because I'm telling you, you don't want what's coming to you based on what you deserve. We don't want what we deserve. We want the opposite of what we deserve. We want God to give us something we do not deserve at all. And it's not that God is some sort of um, permissive parent that goes, you know, I know you did some bad things, but I just love you. Come here, little kid. Woo. You know, and he just kind of forgets about everything. His son died a painful, violent death to pay for our sin. He didn't have to pay for his own. He had no sin. He died to pay for our sin. So his mercy isn't just permissiveness. His mercy is saying the payment is already available. You don't have to pay yourself. Just receive my mercy. My mercy is available to you. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. As you're reflecting on the, your salvation this week, you might think about two or three or five or 20 things you've done bad in this life and what you deserved. I don't know about you. Every once in a while, I'll go back and reflect on some of the stupid I've done in life. And I go, man, if I'd have gotten what I deserved... It would not be good. Somebody in Stateville would have a cellmate. You know, I mean, it would not be good. It would not be good. Salvation makes mercy available. There's another thing salvation does. It makes eternity wonderful. Every one of us is an eternal being. We're not an everlasting being. Everlasting, God is everlasting. He always was, always is, always will be. We had a starting point. We had a dot. Here's where we started. But from that dot, you will go on forever. Eternal life, when you become a believer, eternal life doesn't begin when you die. Eternal life begins the day of your salvation. It, becomes, it begins the day you're justified. The day you're justified, you begin eternal life. All of us start in a state of eternal death. We all start in a place of, of separation from God. And if we would truly grasp that, if we would truly grasp the severity of separation from God, we would be desperate for an answer. And I know if you're, if you're basically early 40 and under, you don't give a lot of thought to this, right? I mean, life's good. 
You got, you got things to do. You got places to go. You got people to see. You got fun to be had. You're, you're not thinking that bigger picture. But, you know, 40 starts to roll on a little bit. Some of the things you hoped would happen in life don't happen. The disappointment set in. 50 starts to happen, and you go, wow, I never felt that body part before. 60 happens, you can go, why is that body part laying on the floor? You know, it, I, it, it's just, it gets... The, a couple of weeks ago, the Wednesday before camp, I'm out in the back. I want to take a look at the detention pond back there. I'm walking down a little hill, a little slippery hill, and I'm like, be careful, Dennis, you might... And there I am, laying on my back. And my sh- I'm not kidding. I had this moment that I went, did I just die? <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, wondered, because I didn't feel... I felt weird. I was like, what is this? I stood up. My arm wouldn't move. I'm like, oh, what is... Yuck. I think about eternity a lot these days. A lot. I want a wonderful eternity. I don't want a dreadful eternity. I want an eternity that I spend forever with God in heaven, not an eternity that I'm separated from God. You know, I I believe when the Bible talks about hell, it talks about fire, it talks about torture, it talks about all those things. The greatest torture is God will not be there. You'll be separated and alone, separated from God. You'll be cast out of the garden forever. All praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, by his great mercy we've been born again because God raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change or decay or slippery hills. There it is. You, you have this incredible inheritance and that's what we want to share with kids that eternity is going to be fantastic. If it's in eternity with God, he says in chapter 5, in his kindness, God called you to share in eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus so that after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. And just great declaration at the end, all power to him forever. Amen. Salvation makes mercy available Salvation makes eternity wonderful. Here's a third one. Salvation makes suffering bearable. It makes suffering bearable. When when we become a believer and we start understanding the role of suffering in life, a, a a little shift takes place. Suffering does not get easier, but our perspective on suffering changes. Our initial perception on suffering is this. God, why are you torturing me? God, why are you punishing me? God, why do I have to, and what in the world are you doing? Why aren't you looking out for me? And then as we start to understand some things about suffering and the way suffering works, we start to gain a bearable perspective. I'm, I'm not saying we're woo-woo excited about it, although, although James says count it all joy when you face trials. We're not excited about it, but we go, I think I might get it a little bit. My perspective changed. He says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. It's not the only time in this book, Paul does it as well, that he keeps saying this, this won't go on forever. It's a little while, a little while of suffering. The suffering is there because of sin, not specifically the sin you've committed, but being part of a sinful world, being descendants of Adam, suffering is part of this world. It is not part of the world to come in heaven, free of suffering. The achy shoulder will be gone. All that stuff will be gone. Joy and only joy will be there. 
These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Think about that for a moment. He's saying the suffering you're going through actually exposes something about your faith. It helps you to see something about your faith. He says it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. He takes the same approach as Job. He knows the way I take. And when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. There's a recognition that there's a, there's a purifying aspect of, fa- of, of suffering, a purifying aspect in our trials that moves us toward being more like Jesus. Tell you what, if a kid's seven years old and they live a full, rich life, you know they've got some suffering ahead. Wouldn't you rather now that they start to understand the biblical role of suffering in the life of a believer Rather than spending the next 50, 60, 70 years saying, God, why me? Why do you hate me? Why do you torture me? Why are you punishing me? But instead they can start to see that salvation actually has something of a redemptive purpose in our lives. Salvation makes mercy available, makes eternity wonderful, it makes makes suffering bearable, and finally, it makes holiness possible. It's not to say you didn't do some good things before you were a believer, but you weren't empowered by the Spirit to live a righteous life. You weren't, you didn't even desire, for the most part, to live a righteous life. You just wanted to do what you wanted to do, and that was it. Paul, Peter says, so prepare your minds for action. Remember, gird up your loins and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Christ Jesus is revealed to the world. So you must live as obedient children. And he says, God empowers us to do that. He says, don't slip back to your old way of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better back then. But now you do. And not only do you know better, now you have the power through the Holy Spirit to do the right thing, to pursue the right thing. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the Scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. When when you're sitting there thinking, I am helpless, there's nothing I can do, what God's saying is, if you're my child, I've given you all the resources you need. You're just not tapping into the resources I've given you. So lean into the resources. Lean into me. Salvation makes mercy available, eternity wonderful. It makes suffering bearable. It makes holiness possible. So this coming week, we're going to be talking about the story with kids. There's a, there's a group out of Bloomington, Illinois, uh, called uh, Spread Truth, uh, we know the fellow in charge of it. In fact, he, he was involved at the, at the church where, um, where Allison Dobson, her, her dad or her grandpa was the pastor there. And they, they take people to New York City to just share faith on the streets. Like Krampus Crusade and others, they develop their own tool. And the tool they have is the story. We've shown the video sometimes uh, around Easter, to get an idea of the story, rather than being kind of a, a logical proposition of here, here are three truths, do you accept these truths? They try, to, they try to show a person how their life fits within the greater story of what God is doing in the world. Well, they, they have a children's version. And I thought this morning we could all watch this. He says we're supposed to approach Christ like little children, either to hear the message for ourselves or to be listening and praying as our kids receive this message this week. So, 
Enjoy this story. You don't have to go far to find a good story. Some stories we read in books. Some we live for real. Others we stumble into. There are lots of good stories. But there's a special one. A grand story of how everything came to life. From animals and nature, to planets and stars, and you. Even in this beautiful story, some things are sad. Some things are broken and scary. The story doesn't stay sad, though. There is hope in this story. A light to show us the way and to make everything better. Does that sound like the sort of story you'd like to hear? Well then, let's start at the beginning with the one who made this story. God. Everything that is all around us was created by God. He released the clouds from his hand and hung the stars in the sky. He dressed the trees with leaves and taught brooks to babble. God even made the first people and breathed on them to wake them up to life. Their names were Adam and Eve. They loved each other and the world around them. And most of all, they loved God. Everything was perfect. But things aren't perfect and wonderful today. All of us have moments of sickness, fear, and sadness. What happened? Well, God had put Adam and Eve in charge of the world and everything in it with just one rule. Don't eat fruit from a certain tree. But God had an enemy. His name was Satan. He didn't like God or God's perfect world. He wanted to mess it up. So Satan pretended to be a snake and tricked Adam and Eve into eating from the one tree. Tasting the fruit sounded like a good idea, so Adam and Eve disobeyed God's one rule. With that one bite, Adam and Eve lost their perfect friendship with God. Just like Adam and Eve, we mess up and disobey God. This is called sin. Sin is why all our stories have sadness and sickness and bad things. Unless our sin is made right, we will be far away from God. 
Our sin is a big deal, but God's love is bigger. Right after Adam and Eve sinned, God promised that one day someone would come to rescue us from sin. Who would it be? Well, it was God himself. God made himself a baby, born to a young girl named Mary. She named him Jesus. Just like us, Jesus grew up and lived out all kinds of stories. But unlike us, Jesus never sinned and always loved Father God. When Jesus was a grown-up, he started teaching about God's story and did amazing things called miracles to prove he was God. Some people didn't like Jesus, though. They lied to get him in trouble and have him killed on a cross. Jesus could have stopped them, but he didn't. Because he loved us so much, he chose to die for our sins. Everyone who loved Jesus was so sad that he died. They cried as they buried him. But three days later, Jesus came back to life. He came back to prove his love was bigger than sin. Today, Jesus is sitting in heaven and is king over everything. This is the true story of how Jesus came to rescue us from sin, just as God promised. So what's next in God's story? God made another promise that one day, everything in the world will be perfect again. He will make us a new home with no more sin. Everything that causes us pain and sadness will be gone. God also promises to be friends with us forever. The moment you trust in Jesus' story of rescue, God comes near and won't ever leave. Being forever friends with God starts today and goes on and on and on because God's story never ends. Would you like to be a part of God's forever story? Well, God made a way through Jesus and even though we choose to sin, God still loves us very much. If you are sorry for your sins and believe Jesus is your only rescue, God will forgive you and make you a part of his story forever. We'll be learning four important words this week, creation, fall, rescue, and restoration. Those words aren't just important for them, they're important for us as well. God came, Jesus came, died for you so that you can have eternal life. He offers that freely, and all you have to do is believe. As we go to communion this morning, I'd, I'd love for you to fix in your mind a person
Maybe it's a child who will be here this week. Maybe it's not a child who's here at all, a, a grandchild halfway around the country, whatever it might be. Fix a person in your mind that you might, you might approach communion today, you might approach Jesus and say, please, Jesus, please, help them to come to a place that they realize that they need you as the forgiver of their sin and the leader of their life. Lord God, we pray this week as we have this chance to share this story that your spirit would move mightily in the hearts of our children, that they would receive you, they would trust you. God, life is, it's really hard. It is. But it's just downright unbearable without you. Give us the privilege this week of giving this gift again and again and again, the gift that you've given to us sharing that gift so that children might come into a relationship with God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's head to communion. God, as we walk out of this place in a little while and we reflect on all you've shared with us in your word today, let something grab our hearts again about salvation. Let us... Let us come back to that first love once again and realize the greatness of the gift we have received. For some, it's going to be thinking about the things that they've done and a new, a new insight on mercy, that you're withholding what is deserving. In fact, you're giving us what we don't deserve and we're grateful. Someone else is going to just have a shift on suffering. It truly is the gift nobody wants but you can use suffering to bring about something incredible and beautiful in us. It may be just spending some time this week looking at something beautiful and realizing it is dust compared to heaven. It is nothing compared to heaven. Or finally, knowing, knowing in our hearts, we don't have to say no, we have to say yes to bad habits. We don't have to say yes to sin. We don't have to fall for it. We have the power through the Spirit to live a pure life. Help us to be enamored and enthralled once again with the salvation you have given us. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together and sing. You answered prayers back then. You answer prayers now. Same God. Same God. I, I don't know. It seems like annually we end up with a song that kind of becomes a theme, at least for, for, a, for a season. And this song... That message of continuity, the God whom Moses worshipped and Mary worshipped, Jacob worshipped, David worshipped, is the exact same God. And that God who answered prayers back then is answering our prayers right now. Not only biblical continuity, but even just the continuity that we've had as a, as a church family. Uh, some of you don't know because the building's rather new, but our church started in 1881. And if you'd have showed up, shown up on that Sunday, they're all speaking Swedish. You wouldn't have a clue, right? And I, and I look back at the history, and in the 1890s, the, the people didn't have enough money to build the whole building on Jackson Street, so they, they built a basement and met in the basement for 10 years until they could finish the rest of the building. And during that season, they offered vacation Bible school to kids in the neighborhood. There's some woman just praying as she's making the cookies. God, let my neighbor's kid come to know Jesus. Let my grandchild come to know Jesus.
become a little more modern. I knew this later. Her name was Ruth. Ruth would talk about how they used to bring kids to church. They had a bus. She had an accordion. And she'd stand at the door of the bus <laughs> playing the accordion. And she'd hand out candy. And neighbor kids would jump on the bus. They wouldn't go home and ask mom. They'd, We'd be in the patch so big time on this one, right? I'm, <laughs> woo! Methods change, language changes, but I'll tell you what, Ruth prayed her guts out. Early on in my time here, I mean, it was clear this was a woman who had a heart for lost people. Same God, same God. Would you pour your guts out to God this week? This isn't just us doing our thing that we've figured out how to do pretty well. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing of spiritual significance. If we're not praying, we're doing nothing. Same God. Let's talk to him. Father, we beg you, show up with power. Blow us away. Move in a way that has been unprecedented. Let children come to know you and let adults have their hearts revived and restored. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next week at 10 under the tent.